What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Well, howdy everybody out there. Welcome to another main segment episode of The Hive Jive. And uh, today is a slippery subject. It's a slithering around here <laughs> now, central texas well i guess pretty much anywhere in the northern hemisphere well in the, in the united states for certain i don't know about other yeah. countries in the well, northern yeah, hemisphere that's what but... I meant. yeah in the united states and here in central texas yeah or in texas everywhere i guess that's texas oklahoma anywhere in this temperate zone how's that Sounds about right. So if you haven't figured it out, um, we're talking about snakes and specifically in our region, rattlesnakes. Yep. Any kind of snake. You got rattlesnakes, you got uh, copperheads. A copperhead, they really won't kill you, but they'll make you pretty sick. Uh, We have coral snakes. I think over in Florida, they had a six foot Cobra got loose, uh, earlier this week, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's different. <laughs> oh, I know it was, but can you imagine a guy having a pet six foot Cobra? <laughs> yeah. People so, do strange uh, things, you know, so there's that, but the, so anytime you go out and, and you do your beekeeping stuff, there are plenty of things out there that can make you hurt yourself. Um, Not necessarily that that individual entity slash critter slash insect, whatever can hurt you, but it can cause you to hurt yourself. So when I was out at the main apiary yesterday, I ran across it's uh it's giant spider season. <laughs> it happens every year and they started, you know, I started seeing them back in June. So it's not like they just, magically appeared but by this time in august they are very well fed and they are the size of the palm of my hand but they're mm-hmm. the giant orb weavers um some people call them a, a banana spider but they're technically like a relative garden of spider. um the, yeah that's a garden spider yeah, the garden uh, spider. zipper zipper spider some people call them that because of the zigzag pattern that they'll make in the the center of their webs but they're a giant orb weaver and they are beautiful and mm-hmm. creepy And if you're not paying attention and one of them, you know, you walk through the web and one of them is then on your veil or you see it crawling up your suit, it, you very easily can hurt yourself (laughs) trying to get away from this giant spider that otherwise would not harm you, but, uh, can make you harm yourself. Now, snakes on the other hand are kind of the same story. You could run across a bull snake, a rat snake, um, any of these types of snakes that are actually beneficial But when you initially see a very large snake and you're not expecting it, it can cause you to possibly hurt yourself. Stumbling over your beehives, knocking them over, falling and stabbing yourself with your hive tool. You know, any number of things can occur whenever you panic and flee. But there are some things out there like the rattlesnake, the copperhead, the cotton mouth that can actually hurt you regardless if you hurt yourself or not. And it is something to definitely be aware of whenever you're out there doing your beekeeping 
chores and you know you're just kind of going about your day-to-day business especially if it's a very routine procedure you kind of get in this mindset where you're not really paying attention and you can run across them i run across very large rattlesnakes on the regular out at the farm um Mm -hmm. to the point where the members of my family that are not fond of snakes uh, have seen the photos and videos and have sworn that they're never setting foot on that piece of land again. <laughs> so they, they have refused to come help me for the chance that they might see this giant snake out there. And as far, and, and also snakes, uh, a lot of times black widow spiders. Uh, I don't know. I've never seen yeah, a brown black rich. widows. I have, the I've, I actually have a I photo I've got a photo of a brown recluse and a black widow in the same photo, maybe wow. just six inches from each other on little opposite corners of this board that I had to flip over. Um, was doing a removal and the bees were underneath a pile of pallets. And when I flipped over the top pallet to expose the comb, you've got comb and then about 12 inches from the comb is this wooden ledge and on one side of the wooden ledge is a very large brown recluse and on the other side was a very well-fed, very large black widow. So that is absolutely something you can see as are scorpions. A lot of times I'll open up the lid of a colony out at the farm and it's a coin toss whether or not it's going to be a, like a mouse nest or a scorpion underneath there. And so those, those are also things that can harm you but more than likely make you harm yourself when you initially see them throw the lid and scream and fall backwards so it's it's kind of one of those things this whole last weekend when i was out there working we were doing our first phase of our honey harvest from all the top bars and every time i took a cover off of a top bar the top bar covers are not like the lids on your regular hives some of them are bowed tin that's kind of been bowed around it to make almost like a barn style roof and some of them are elevated they're all elevated in one way or another up off of the boards so that there's a good clearance for air and stuff across the top bars and every time i brace myself and i'm prepared that when i slowly lift this cover there's going to be a snake under there and there never has been but in my mind it's always a possibility um, but that's not usually where I've seen the snakes. And I, I'll tell you here in, uh, in a, a little bit about a few of the different rattlesnake stories that we've got out there. But actually, your neighbor had an unfortunate incident here recently. Yes. Yes. Uh, earlier this week, he was messing around in his daughter's backyard, which is just a couple of houses down, and got snake bit. Well, in fact, it was yesterday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he got snake bit and had to go to the hospital rattlesnake bit and uh you know it's just one of them things it's uh there this time of year they're crawling they're getting ready to you know they know that fall and winter is coming they got to go find them a place to hole up so they're moving right now that's why i wanted to you know, you know since bob got uh hit i figured well we might as well put this out and let people uh you know just make them look aware that there is things out there that will bite them (laughs) and they're poisonous if they do. Yeah. And looking is the key. So 
a couple of years ago, Jorge and I were going out to the apiary to do, I think, just random checks and stuff. I don't think we were actually doing anything tremendous. But as we were pulling into the main apiary, I had recently mowed with the tractor out there. So mm-hmm. everything was nice and short on all of the trails where the truck would need to go. And as we were pulling in, we had just opened up the gate and had just started to come up the the, the little hill and around the curve. And a very large, like took up the entire swath of the the opening, which I want to say that's a, it's about, let's see. I think the mowing deck on that is around four foot and mm-hmm. I kind of overlap it. So I have this six foot width of pathway mm-hmm. through everywhere. And the snake damn near touched from head to tail the entire thing as it went across. Big old rattlesnake. And both that of us were like, oh, crap. It was a huge rattlesnake. And it was yeah, heading big towards the towards the freaking hives. And I was like, um, that's not cool. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, yeah, we didn't manage to get the snake, but the snake took off. And as it did, it had its rattle up in the air. And that is the only time that I've actually heard one of the rattlesnakes out there rattle. And it was only because the truck scared it and it took off with its tail up as it kind of went through the the weeds. But then, of course, and rightly so, Jorge was paranoid the entire time we were out there, especially on that section where the top bars are. You know, he had his large stick and he would smack around things and around on the ground just in case to kind of try to startle him off if he was out there. But so that was the first time that we ran across one. And that's been a few years back. I managed to go the first two years, two or three years without ever seeing a single snake. And uh, the farm, the farmer out there, you know, he always told me, I, you know, be careful, make sure you got, got something out there with you, take the gun or whatever, just in case, because there, there's a lot of rattlesnakes out here. And again, made it several years, never saw a single snake. And then we saw that one go across the trail and it was, it was a big boy. And I mean, just thick big old snake we go out to half of your leg yeah they're they're fat (laughs) they're well fed lots of field mice out there um so i went last year i think it was last year i had went out it was early in the year it was probably april maybe it was it might even have been march and for us it can still be warm at that time of year but it's still cool at the same time you know you're looking at upper 70s lower 80s and it, it might have been an average of mid 70s leading up to that point. So you're not necessarily thinking snakes like you would in August right now, where it's, you know, a little bit more sweltery and hot. But I'm out there and I'm taking apart a hive to go through and look at it. And it's in the section where many, many moons ago, the original beekeeper had all of his hives and they all slowly rotted and fell down. And a lot of that stuff I've kind of just pushed off to the side and piled up and haven't done anything else with it. It's just, you know, a pile of rotting wood in this back corner. And the other hives that were still alive that were original to out there, they're still sitting there and I'm taking one of them apart. They're on one set is on some pallets and the other set is on like basically cedar tree limbs or <laughs> trunks that have been cut down and laid down like mm-hmm. logs and then the, the hive set on top of them and underneath mm-hmm. each of the sections is a sheet of tin uh, corrugated tin like you would use on the side of a barn or shed mm-hmm. and that's laid underneath each of these either the pallet or the tree trunks and 
I've done, you know, I've been out there working on the bees many, many, many times, never really noticed anything, never thought of anything. So I go out there and I'm taking the box apart and I take the lid and I flip it upside down and I set it to the left of the hive. Then I take the inner cover and I prop it up against the right side of the hive. And then I take the, the first box and I set it over to the left of the hive on top of the lid. And then I get down on my knees and I'm on my knees working through this box that I just set on the lid. And then I stand up and I go over and I'm looking at the hive and the hive again, the, the it's old and rotting and the pallet that is setting on is kind of rotted. So the hive's starting to tilt a little bit and I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to take a piece of wood and wedge it up underneath this other side until I can get a pallet out here and, and replace some of this old stuff with new things that are not falling apart. So I'm looking for a, something to use basically as a shim to shove up underneath that edge. And I walk around the back of the hive over to this little pile of wood. And I pick up this piece that's going to be perfect. And I turn and I start to come back towards that back left corner. And in mid step, I just froze because coiled up on the ground right there on the back left corner inches from this box and lid that I have set on the ground is a rattlesnake that's about as big around as my wrist and forearm, all coiled up, not rattling, just sitting there staring at me. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And then I, I replayed everything that had just occurred the whole time that I set that lid on the ground, that I set the box on the ground, that I got on my knees and that I was working through this box. I was within three feet of a coiled up rattlesnake that never once rattled. And you and I had talked about this last year, I think on the show, even when it occurred here in central Texas, rattlesnakes are food for the wild hogs. And yep. when they rattle, it alerts the wild hog to where the snake is and the hog eats the snake. So the snakes have started evolving and adapting to not rattle, which is not yep. fair because the whole point of a rattlesnake is the fact that it rattles to warn you I'm here and I'm dangerous. You should go away. <laughs> and yep. now they don't do that. And that sucks. No, yeah, it, uh, it'll hit. It, uh, they have got where they don't rattle. We had uh, one not too long ago uh, out at Mike's sitting there looking at look at look at the rattlesnake. Took me a stick and poked it. Yeah, it's a rattlesnake, but it was not rattling. I'm sitting there. Wow. John, and my, I asked Mike and I said, he says, yeah, about half rattlesnakes don't rattle around here anymore. He's got a lot of hogs and I says, what due to the hogs? He says, that's what I figure. So, yeah. Well, the, uh, uh, out there at the farm, I've never seen evidence of hogs. There's coyotes out there, but I've never seen evidence mm -hmm. of wild hogs and the snakes themselves. They're just all over the place. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, that was weird. Um, it's, it's kind of strange to me, but so that instance, I ran across that rattlesnake and, again, that was a little bit unnerving. <laughs> there was another instance that same year, but later in the year on the back row. So in the, the same quadrant basically of that chunk of land, but eh, distance wise, I was at least the length of a football field up from that other hive. And those are some of the newer Langstroths out there in that section. And they're mm -hmm. on pallets. And, uh, they're, you know, it's all newer stuff, but I've gotten in the habit if I go out there 
and I bang around on the palate quite a bit. When I smoke the hive, I also smoke under the palate. And when I take the the rocks or the bricks off the hive, I set them down roughly on the palate so that the palate makes a bunch of noise. Granted, this is not necessarily conducive to having the bees be all kinds of happy when you open it up because you've been banging things around. But I've started doing that because, again, I keep running into all these snakes right around these hives and I've got the hives separated a minimum of 50 foot apart, if not more. Sometimes it could be a hundred foot or more between each of these hives on the back piece of this property. And so I, I basically, I work a hive and there may be one or two hives side by side. And then you got to get in the truck and drive a little bit further to get to the next set of hives and, you know, do it again. And even the side by side ones, they're still 50 foot apart <laughs> between them, but you can park kind of in the middle and walk to each and work them. And then mm -hmm. you got to drive a little bit further. So every one of these little solitary isolated hives, I have in one point or another found instances of there has been snakes there. I've seen the shed, I've seen, you know, where they've shed their skin and stuff, or I've actually seen the snake. And there was a big sucker that was underneath this other hive one time before I started doing all this stuff where I stepped up on the actual pallet and the pallet, you know, shook and made some noise. And all of a sudden you hear this and you hear the rattle, but the rattle was more of a, just the coincidence of the snake moving fast mm -hmm. as it went off. And you could see the, the brush move as it went off through the grass and the brush, <laughs> but I never saw the snake. I just heard it. And I heard the little hint of the rattle and I was like, Holy crap. And mm -hmm. it came from underneath that pallet. So now I always sure. go through and I, you know, I do all this extra stuff to ensure if there is a snake there, maybe it will leave. But back at that same place this year, Earlier this year where I had the encounter with the bigger snake, I went back out there this year and I was going to actually move that hive and, and move all of that old rotting stuff back over to that further back pile. All that stuff needs to eventually be loaded up and hauled off and burnt. But at the rate that it's going between the, the termites and the ants and time and weather, it's going to completely deteriorate anyway. But the... I knew, you know, I've had experiences with snakes in this area. So I'm taking the hive apart and I'm, I'm very cautious and looking around and paying attention. And I finally get the hive down. I move it over to the other section. I rebuild it. And then I'm standing there and I'm looking at the area where the hive was. And this is the old rotted kind of, I say pallet, mm -hmm. but it, it was really four boards kind of hooked together to be a stand, but they were big enough mm -hmm. to hold three or four hives long ways. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I know, I just know there's a snake here. And so I take a long branch and shove it underneath the end of this, this rotted pallet piece and I flip it up. And when I do coiled up in the back corner, which would have been underneath that specific hive in the back corner of that hive mm -hmm. is a baby rattlesnake. Mm -hmm. And this one's only yeah. about a foot maybe a foot and a half long and they're worse than the big ones because a baby snake yes. does not control the amount of venom that it excretes. Right. It hasn't really learned yet. It just goes for everything it's got. And so they can actually be far more dangerous and far more deadly to be bit by a younger baby snake than it is by the adult snake. The adult snake yep. has learned how to control how much venom it gives out. Mm -hmm. And you know, that baby doesn't, they're a little cavalier. And this one absolutely was definitely cavalier. Because as I flip this up, it coils into a striking pose. 
whereas the other one stayed coiled and had its head down and its tail down. This one coiled into a striking pose, but again, did not rattle. It had two little rattles on the end of its tail, so it shed its skin twice, but it did not rattle. It just sat there, coiled, ready to strike, and I was like, okay, that's not cool. So I stepped back far enough away that I'm not within reach of the snake and picked up just some dirt and kind of large gravel rocks and stuff from the ground out there and tossed them in the snake's direction Mm. to try to Mm. get the snake to leave. And instead of leaving, the snake goes on the offensive and comes after me, literally uncoils and takes off in my direction. Like, Oh yeah. And, and again, that's the danger of the smaller snakes. They're a little bit more bold. They're, you know, just like any young man kind of thing, (laughs) a little bit too much for their britches and comes after me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not cool. So I set the smoker. I kind of sidestep over and I set the smoker down in front of it. So now you got this blaring thing of heat right there by it. And that kind of confused it for a minute. And it stopped and it was sitting there trying to figure out what to do. And I tossed another handful of dirt its way. And it finally turned and it went underneath that metal, that corrugated metal. So then at least I knew where it was at. But again, another instance of there are snakes out here. And I've, there's been another occurrence this year where I ran across a very, very fat one as well. So it's definitely prudent to be mindful of your environment, your surroundings, know what's out there. Definitely check around the hives before you go through and, you know, do any of your work. One thing that um, would not have harmed, quote unquote, harmed me, but could have caused me to harm myself and almost has in more than one instance are skunks because <laughs> there are oh, yeah. skunks out there and there's there was one day i was backed up i the where the top bars are there's a, a hill that kind of goes up a little bit and you can back the truck up and open the tailgate and the tailgate then is only like two foot off the ground because of this slope mm-hmm. and so i i that's usually where i park the truck if i'm working in that section that way i can just like walk right up to the tailgate and set things down on it or step up in it if i need to get things out of it And I was just sitting there on the tailgate one day and I heard this rustling over beside me and I turned my head and I looked and out from underneath one of the pallets comes teeter tottering this little cute baby skunk. And at first I thought it was a cat. I was like, the hell is that? And then as it came out from underneath the pallet and its tail puffed up, I was like, ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And it waddles from one pallet over across and goes underneath the next set of pallets. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, number one, how long has it been underneath there? Because I had already done mm-hmm. stuff. I had already been out around that area doing things. And number two, where's its mom and dad? Because that's a little baby skunk. And, you know, mom and dad's got to be somewhere nearby. And I did find dad. I think it was dad. I didn't get a good enough look to see if it had one stripe or two. About a month later, I was over same area, but I was over on the far side by one of the top bars where the bushes and shrubs create the west wall, basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm down on my knees because, again, a lot of the top bars out there are on cinder blocks or on pallets. They're not actually on legs, so they're not waist high. They're just down. And so I'll get down on my hands and knees to work a lot of the different things out there. And I'm down on my hands and knees. I had already finished what I was doing with this hive and I had closed it up and I was just sitting there and I'd find myself doing this a lot, especially late in the evening out there. Cause it's very, it's very pretty and quiet 
and just kind of like zen like you can just sit there and kind of tune out and watch the sunset and stuff and i'm sitting there and i'm just kind of like you know observing the apiary from a distance and i hear this rustling in the bushes over beside me and it was i want to say it was still early enough in the season that they hadn't leafed out fully so you could see the undergrowth as opposed to it all grown over mm-hmm. and through the undergrowth comes this very large skunk and he's coming right towards me and i hadn't been moving i'd just been sitting there so i was just this giant white lump and i had noticed that something had been digging around the edges of this pallet and i assumed it was probably an armadillo but the skunk is coming right for me and right for this pallet and as as it clicked in my head what was going on i was like oh crap and i jumped up and started to take off running but i did trip <laughs> and so i fumbled my way out of this back corner to get over to the truck because the the thing going through my mind was not that the skunk was going to attack me but the skunk was going to come right up to that pallet not realizing that i was a creature And then as soon as it did, it was going to startle it and it was going to spray and I was going to be sprayed and I didn't want that happening. (laughs) So I was like, nope, got to go. But yes, snakes and spiders and lizards and scorpions and mice and rats and birds and snakes and skunks and armadillos. And if you're out in the country, you're out on the open prairie, (laughs) there, there are other things that live out there. I have watched a fox. I have watched a baby coyote. The baby coyote was really cute. He was more of an adolescent, like juvenile. But I, when I first saw him, I thought he was a fox because the way he was moving and he was oh, chasing yeah. mice and he was playing and I was still sitting in the truck and he the truck was running and he should have been able to hear that, but apparently he didn't care. And he's just, I don't know, maybe 25 yards in front of me and he's just on the other side of a little fence in that section. And that's where there's some metal and things that one of the farm owner's son does roofing and contracting, and he keeps Mm -hmm. all the scrap metal. I'm not sure why. Mm -hmm. I think he's just a pack rat at this point. But the the logic, I guess, was that it could be reused in a future job, but really it's just there's just piles of stuff out there on the other side of this fence. And the coyotes out there hopping, like real high hops, And then coming back down feet first, front feet first, trying to catch these mice, you know, playing with them out there. And when I first saw it jump, I was like, is that a fox? And then I got to watching it. And nope, it was a little baby coyote. So there's all kinds of nature out there around you if you sit still and you're quiet long enough. But some of it can harm you. So you should definitely be on the lookout. The stories I want to hear from our our family of beekeepers is you have Sasquatch or a skunk ape. (laughs) <laughs> send it to john tell us a story <laughs> yetis sasquatch yetis so yep. there has Big been foot. one time in that exact same area where i had to go out there and it was dark i had picked up a colony from it was one of those instances where i got a call from a beekeeper who was no longer going to be a beekeeper and they were like please just come take the hive and so it's a you know fully established langstroth colony i went sealed up the entrance, ratchet strapped it down, put it in the back of the truck, and then I had to drive back out to the aviary. And in this case, since that was an already managed colony, I didn't bother going out to the removal yard. I just took it to the main apiary. Backed up to that exact same little hill that I was just talking about so I could open the tailgate. And it's dark. And I had I turned on the lights, the the back lights for the truck. So you've got mm-hmm. you know you've got your normal lights, but then you also have the the bed cargo lights that light. will actually illuminate yeah the yeah. cargo light. There you go. It illuminates mm-hmm. the bed of the truck. 
and kind of shines out back there. I had the phone flashlight in my pocket so that it was shining out in the direction that I was going. And I, in the dark, I heft this hive up, carry it over to a place that I had already had kind of an empty spot and set it down on this pallet, pull the, the screen back off the opening so the bees can get out, undo the ratchet strap, take it back off and roll it up. And I'm standing there rolling it up and my back is to a very large mesquite tree. And then it has a bunch mm-hmm. of undergrowth around it, but it's a very large mesquite mm-hmm. tree right there behind me. And I'm, I'm like, again, it's dark. <laughs> it's completely dark. I'm standing out there rolling up this ratchet strap and I hear this very loud snap, crack, crunch behind me, like right behind me. And I just froze. Mm. And I'm in my bee suit with my veil on, which sometimes it's a little hard to see at the wrong angle when the light hits the veil anyway. But at night, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to see what's going oh, on. Yeah. So I just yeah. stood there completely motionless. And I was all this stuff was running through my head. And I got that very, very eerie feeling that number one, I was not alone. And number two, I was being watched. And I was like, that was one of the things that went through my head was Sasquatch Bigfoot. I'm out here in the dark and Bigfoot is standing behind me. And I was like, oh, my God. So I started walking <laughs> towards the truck so that I was going towards the tailgate of the truck. And I got up in the truck and sat down on the toolbox and was sitting there looking back at this tree. And I never once saw anything, but I couldn't really see because the light didn't go that far out anyway. Right. But whatever right. it was. It moved, but it never left. And so, in all honesty, it was probably a deer. Mm-hmm. There was probably a deer bedded down back there because there is a little place where there's a little clearing underneath all the branches and in the middle of the undergrowth. And it was probably a deer bedded down back there. And I, you know, got close enough to it that it was alert. And whenever I stopped moving, it stood up or it shifted, which caused some of the limbs to crack. But then it didn't, you know, it it froze. It didn't escape. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. therefore I didn't hear it shoot off underneath the tree. But yeah, it's really hard for your brain not to go Bigfoot (laughs) when you're in the middle of nowhere and it's dark. (laughs) Yep. So that uh, that kind of wraps up our (laughs) that kind of wraps up our little uh, slithery subject for for this week. You know, just to be cautious and be mindful of what is out there. And, you know, just make sure that you're safe and and have safety precautions in place and that you're not going absentmindedly, especially in the heat of summer, out around hives that are, for the most part, kind of left undisturbed out in the in the country setting, not necessarily in your backyard in a neighborhood, but out in the country where you can run into these wild things. So definitely keep that in mind. And if you are interested in uh, in stories of Sasquatch and uh, maybe be related or not, as Ken just brought up, then, uh, you know, we'll we'll carry that over to the Patreon bonus episode for the week. Uh, otherwise, yeah. y- y'all be good. Y'all be safe. Stay away from the snakes and the Sasquatches and the skunk apes and let's see, Bigfoot and Yetis and what else? What do, what do they call them down in Australia? I don't know. I don't either. Well, somebody tell us, what do y'all call a Bigfoot or a Yeti or a Sasquatch or, or something like that out in Australia? So let us know. <laughs> y'all be safe, family. Y'all stay well and be good. We'll see y'all next week. It's time for our guys to 
buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening and be safe out there. <laughs>